Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talent Playbook Podcast. My name is Jason Ferrara. I'm the Chief Marketing and Strategy Officer at Outmatch and your host for the podcast. Our podcast focuses on strategies for transforming your world of work. During each podcast, we highlight someone who's transformed their organization or industry in a significant way. Today's guest is Martin Lanick, the founder and CEO of a company called Pinsight. Pinsight provides a virtual simulation for leadership identification and development. Pinsight's been a disruptor in HCM technology, partly because of Martin's leadership, but mainly because of Martin's solutions, which have received awards from Chief Learning Officer and Brandon Hall. Solutions have been used by over 100 companies, including AIG and CenturyLink, Coca-Cola, Henkel, and Kia. So those are some big, big brands and big names there. And have helped thousands of leaders in countries across the world. Martin's a prolific author, most recently publishing The Leader Habit earlier this year. And in that book, Martin shares the surprisingly simple five-minute exercises that turn anyone into an effective leader. And we'll talk about that in this conversation. He's a frequent speaker at international conferences. He's been quoted in media outlets around the world. He holds a Ph.D. in industrial organizational psychology from Colorado State University. So great, great pedigree with Martin, and we're really excited to have him. Uh, this podcast that you'll hear, it's the first recording we've done in the new Outmatch World Headquarters. I'm still on the hunt for the perfect room to record. So I mention this because while you're listening, you'll get the opportunity to hear some thunder in the background from a storm that uh, blew through Dallas while we were recording. Uh, but back to my conversation with Martin. Um, we cover my usual questions about mentors. He has many of them. Uh, we cover advice he'd give to people starting their careers and metrics that he can't run his business without. But we also get some great insight on the research and the process that went into his book, The Leader Habit, uh, his thoughts about how to form positive habits and how habit forming becomes a tool for leadership development. Martin likens it to going to the gym to build your muscles and exercise. And we'll also talk a little bit about how artificial intelligence plays a role in his company and generally his thoughts about artificial intelligence in HCM specifically. I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation with Martin. He's got some great insight. He's a great guy. So without further delay, here's the Talent Playbook Podcast with Martin Lanick. So Martin, thanks for joining the podcast. I thought we'd start by having you describe Pinsight, because mm-hmm. I think some listeners may not know what Pinsight is. Sure. So you just describe that for us. Yeah, well, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so um, Pinsight is a leadership assessment development company, and um, what we specialize in is leadership readiness. So we help organizations um, assess whether somebody's ready to move up um, to a particular position, whether it's a individual contributor, salesperson, or uh, an engineer moving to a team uh, leader position, or then an existing manager moving up to maybe a leader of leaders type of position all the way to a strategic level uh, leadership position. So um, we help organizations to determine whether somebody's ready to do that, and then if they're not ready now, how much time is it going to take, and what do they have to do in order to be ready? Um, and then, of course, there's the development component. So once we tell you, well, Jason, you have six months to move to the C-suite, here is 
a development plan that is tailored to you, and here are the daily exercises that you should be doing, and then we track you over the next six months to see if, indeed, six months from now, you will be ready to do that. How long have you been... In, how, how did you get started here? How long have, how long have you been yes. you know, doing Pinsight? Yeah, so I founded Pinsight about eight years ago, and um, it grew out of my consulting practice. So my background is in organizational psychology. Uh, I have a PhD from Colorado State University, and then I have worked as a consultant around the world, really, um, helping organizations to design and run leadership development and assessment programs. So it grew out of my consulting practice. You know, the interesting thing is when you think about um, uh, back, you know, eight, ten years ago when I started playing with this idea, it was in the midst of the recession. And many people are thinking, well, you should never start a business in the recession. That's not the right time to start. And I told them, I think this is the the perfect time to start a business because there's no way you can go up only only off, right? No, no other way that this can work because you can piggyback on the economy and as the economy is growing, you can grow with it. And that's what we've seen. So far, so and so the economy today arguably stronger than it was when you were when you first started the company. Okay. Um, how 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 is business now with a strong economy as compared to one that was on the rise? Yeah, so we are growing and growing quite rapidly. I think when you look at the numbers, you know, the pizza has been growing um, between fifty to hundred percent year over year. Um, so which is good. We um, and that that's been largely organic. So we didn't. We raised, we did one round, a very basic round under a million about three years ago, but everything has been really, the growth has been funneled from internal cash flows, um, which I think is very good. Yeah. And then um, the company was profitable last year, first time after raising money. So having, you know, making profits two years after you raise, right. money is, is, is pretty good. good. So, good. Yeah. so are the problems that your clients are trying to solve the same today as they were when you started the business? Hmm. Um, and like, what just what are some of those? Like, yeah, so um, probably the single the single biggest problem is succession planning, and we've been talking about the retirement of baby boomers right, at least you know a decade or yeah. maybe two decades. So um, it was happening ten years ago. <laughs> it's happening now. Yeah. Um, I find that it's um, it's really picking up, and and it's really now happening. Um, in fact. Um, we had just this this past year about 70% of our clients had major changes in the C-suite, whether it was the CEO, yeah. him or herself, or then a key executive in the C-suite that um, left and, and had to be replaced. Um, so that that's probably the single biggest um, biggest driver. I also see that there is a change in um, the whole way how we approach leadership development now. Okay. Um, where there's been a dissatisfaction with how little your traditional leadership development programs, so and then what I mean by that is yeah. a, um, workshops, classroom-based training, e-learning uh, kind of programs, how little they change people's behaviors mm. and, and how little ROI you really see. Um, so that's something that our new uh, Leader Habit app and then my new book, The Leader Habit, mm-hmm. um, has been addressing. So that's, that's another trend that I would see. And so um, that, that's like the perfect segue into the couple of questions I've got about the book. But um, is what you saw out of leadership development, that sort of failure of workshops and classroom, 
you know, drive you to write the book? Did you have the book in you earlier and now is the time? How did that come to be? Because writing, writing a book's a pretty big undertaking, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And, and this one, this one was in four years in the making. Um, so, so people ask me how long did it take mm-hmm. you to write the book? That, that's the easy part. I, I knocked that out in three months. Okay. <laughs> but the idea, <laughs> the actual yeah, idea of the book and the research that we did, that took a long time. So that took about four years. So interestingly enough, I told you that I, I spent um, you know, over a decade in leadership assessment and development. And um, yeah. when you dedicate your career to this, you think that uh, you're making a difference. Um, and that actually what you're doing works, and there's clear ROI and making difference not only for the organization, but also for the people that yeah. go through your program. Yeah. Well, um, a few years ago, I came across this study in the Journal of Consulting Psychology that actually showed that there is a negative relationship between the amount American corporations spend on leadership development and our collective confidence in leadership. Wow. So... By, I think they, they went up to 2016, so at that point, American corporations were spending more than $14 billion on leadership development every year. Wow. But our general confidence in leadership has been decreasing. Um, so something's, something's inefficient there, right? Something doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we're spending more money, <laughs> but we're not getting the results that we want. Um, so um, I had, it was a bit of an existential crisis. You know, you dedicate your career to this, you keep working in this area, and then all of a sudden you read this and say, like, gosh, you know, my entire last 10 years just doesn't make better of a difference. Um, so I decided to research this, and I decided to design a better way, a different way, that is actually going to change people's behavior, and that's going to make them more successful, and will help organizations to achieve the business goals that they need, because we know that the only way they can do that is through the people and through the leadership in the organization. So that was really what, what got me moving on, yeah. on this project and, and this book. So the the book, so in, in the book you talk about uh, a formula for developing mm-hmm. leadership habits, right? So I, w- I want to talk about that. I first want to talk about the concept of a habit. I yeah. think most habits are like things that you're trying to work on stopping, right? I'm, I want to drink less. I'm drinking, I'm smoking, I want to <laughs> stop yeah, this yeah, habit, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in the choice of the word habit around leadership development. How did you find that word? How did it, you know, how did it come to you that this was what you wanted to help you with? Right. Well, when you think about habits, the beauty of a habit is that it is so strong and so powerful that it it drives you. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to try and remember it. Um, you just do it. You know, we mm-hmm. use the analogy of people, some people make their bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. We hope that most people brush their teeth in the morning, right? So these are all things that we just do naturally. Mm-hmm. We don't think about that. They're part of our daily routine. Um, and that's what I, as, as I thought about how we were going about leadership development. Um, so traditionally we are presenting people with information, and then we are asking them to remember it and to apply some of it on the job, but that is so so difficult to do, um, especially when you look at the research of, of forgetting. Um, people forget at a very, very quick rate. So the, this concept of habit allowed me to think of leadership in a different way. 
Um, and again, we are not forgetting our habits. So how could we plug into this? How could we harness this power of habits so that we can make leadership as natural, as painless, as simple as making our bed in the morning or brushing your teeth? So that was really the what got me on this on this journey and, yeah. and the way I was um, I was going and um, why I decided to focus on habits. Cool. So so then tell us a little bit about the the leader habit formula, mm-hmm. right? Like, Explain what that is and, and sure. Yes. So then, of course, when you think about well, I wanna I wanna have leadership to be as natural as making my bed in the morning, brushing my teeth. So how do we develop those habits as people? And there's a lot of research in neuroscience and psychology that showed that you take a very simple behavior um, and then you pair it with a cue and you associate it over and over again. The average is 66 days. And at the end of the two months, it becomes natural, it becomes completely effortless. And you don't have to remind yourself, it just you just do it. So you wake up in the morning, you take your shower, you brush your teeth, you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, then I start, of course, asking the question, well, what are these behaviors in leadership and these micro-behaviors? Um, and that's what led me to a big research study of about 800 managers and executives from around the world. It took us to every continent except Antarctica. We didn't find many <laughs> leaders in Antarctica. We're in Shackleton, still there. <laughs> yeah. Some of his crew. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, we started looking at them under microscope, so to speak. So we put them through uh, simulation, um, and we, we set up these fictitious companies and put leaders through these challenges. So we actually tested their skills and we recorded their behavior. So then we could parse apart the tiniest behaviors that make some leaders effective and others not effective. And that is what became the the crux of the leader habit formula. So now we had a catalog of these micro behaviors. We start pairing those micro behaviors with a specific cue. And um, that's how we wrote, we were able to write these uh, leadership exercises that are published in the book. And to me, the biggest value is that um, uh, it's really in the catalog. So anybody, um, either whether you're wondering, uh, whether you are wanting to improve your own leadership skills or you are coaching, mentoring some of your employees or you are maybe an external coach or consultant, a consultant, it gives you a catalog of all the exercises uh, that people can practice on a daily basis. So it's no different than going to the gym and having exercises for your biceps and your triceps or you know other um, other muscle groups. So that that's really the idea. So now you can practice leadership on a daily basis, and you can do these very targeted exercises that we know are science based, and they turn into habits very quickly. I love the idea of practicing leadership skills like like going to the gym, right? I mean, I drew a very easy parallel to that when I was doing this research and right, you know, thinking about talking to you. Um, so, so give us an example of a habit that it, either in the book or something that someone might might practice. Well, I'll How does that work? How does yeah, that work? yeah. I'll tell you one of the things that I've been working on. So, um, you know, I founded the company about eight years ago and. 
I had a, a PhD in psychology and I was working as a consultant all around the world. So I'm thinking, I know that's how to do every job in the company. <laughs> so uh, I, of course, tended to describe not only what is that needed to be done, but prescribe very specifically excruciating details to employees how they need to go about completing that task. Mm-hmm. We call that micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I needed to change that behavior. And um, one of the exercises that... Um, I ended up using, and that's also what you can find in the book, is um, when you delegate, or when you make the decision to delegate, you describe what is it that needs to be done. Um, so you can be very prescriptive and say, I'd like you to figure out how to do X, and then pose a question. Jason, how do you think you'll do that? And this simple exercise, if I repeated it enough times, then allowed me to stop micromanaging and um, actually changed my bad habit there. Um, and I improved my ability to delegate through it. That's so that's one example. Yeah. 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 Very simple, right? And that's that's really the beauty of the leader habit formula is that these exercises are simple, they take five minutes or less, um, and they work. And there's science behind them, so of course they work. Right, yeah. right. That's really great. So thank you for that for that example. I, um, I also like the notion of delegating something to someone and then asking them how they do it rather than just say, go do this thing and then watch that person maybe not be successful at it and then you jump back into micromanaging. Yeah. Right? At least you're, you're also gathering some information yeah. in the process, yeah. which helps from a leadership perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another exercise that we found, or another micro behavior with delegation, for example, we found that um, effective leaders actually confirm interest. Which is, sounds very simple, but how how often do we think about asking the person um, whether they would like to work on the project or the right. task? Yeah, just gonna make time to have you do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's simple, and and it's as simple as you know, posing the question: Is this something you'd like to do? Is this something you're interested in? Right. So that's another example of a leader habit exercise. Very simple. You repeat it for two months, and then um, you don't have to think about it anymore. And yeah. now you have two micro-behaviors and delegations, so you have improved your skill. So going through the research study for the book and, and writing the book, were there areas where you saw people struggle with this concept, uh, and, and how did they struggle with it? Was it they couldn't do it for two months, or they just couldn't grasp the concepts? Or, you know, what, were the, what were some of the challenges people had? Yeah, uh, generally the challenges that people have is, is in, in motivation. Um, so it's, it's easy to identify an exercise and to settle on an exercise that you want to do, but how do you keep doing it for two months <laughs> before it becomes automatic? Right. How do you sustain that practice? And um, what we found is that, um, of course, you need to make it as small as possible. So the fact that the leader habit exercises only take a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, five minutes or less, is a, is a huge plus because no matter how busy you are in your family life or your work life, you can always find five minutes every day to do that exercise. Um, So that's definitely one. But the second one is you need to find an exercise and work on a skill that actually comes naturally to you. Because it's very hard to be someone you're not. And this is is the link to, to personality. So we're all born with certain baseline of um, of our personality traits. Some people are more organized, others are more extroverted. Um, 
And that really determines which leadership skills are going to come to us naturally, which leadership skills we'll enjoy working on and they'll be rewarding for us to practice. Um, so we always uh, start with identifying and measuring what's the person's personality and then from there deducing what are the leadership skills that they're most likely going to enjoy doing. Um, and that's where they start. Because so you're understanding their personality before saying, here are the 10 things to do. Exactly. They might not be your 10 things. Yes, right. yes, yes. And our leader habit app, so it actually uses uh, narrow artificial intelligence to do all this complex analysis for you. So um, we put people through um, an assessment and then um, and the application puts a very tailor-made development plan together um, so that we're increasing the chances of success. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, just a quick sidebar on the artificial intelligence piece. So obviously this is a concept that you've developed into a, a content in the form of a book and that came out of research and then you've got an app. So the artificial intelligence piece of it, are you taking data, crunching that data, and the result comes out? Is there a person who looks at that result before you deliver it to your clients? You know, how, What's the human interaction with the artificial intelligence? Yeah, no, it does. So um, we use human interaction in the simulation, so in the assessment, because leadership skills are so complex that, um, you know, you, I don't think the technology is there yet where... Technology alone could tell you that right. oh, you are so good at speaking with charisma. You know, a computer can find you. So yeah, so it's a combination in the in the assessment where we are using um, some psychometrics together with expert observations, um, but then the results of those assessments. That's where the AI is starting, and then it generates those. Um, those development plans on its own. So that, that's actually pretty typical what I'm hearing just in the world of HR tech mm-hmm. about the use of artificial intelligence or machine learning, which is it's super for dealing with a lot of data and yeah. coming with a re- coming out with a result, but that there needs to be human interaction on the front end or human interaction at the end on the back end to say, does what's going on here make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and so that's been your experience. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, and, and I think it, it, not only in HR tech, but in multiple different areas, um, the most powerful prediction comes from a combination of data and, uh, and computer and human judgment, yeah. and they got to be combined. Yeah, sorry, I'm just making some notes here. That's great. Sure. Um, so the so the exercises that you described, the leadership development mm-hmm. exercises and all that. Uh, I absolutely can see how they apply to a work situation. I'm guessing, though, this gets into someone's personal life pretty deeply, too. So do you have experience working with clients there where, you know, you begin to work with them or they begin to work with your methods on this is going to fix some issues I got at work and it ends up, you know, having fixing some issues they have personally or, or helping there, right? Is there that component of this? Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, these are behaviors that and skills that really transfer. So, example, we know that active listening makes for good leader, and mm-hmm. the best leaders are excellent listeners. Well, it turns out probably 
best significant others are <laughs> you know, best listeners right. too, right. and best parents are best listeners yeah. too. So yeah, absolutely. Same thing with how you're influencing people. You know, so so we see a lot of um, a generalization of these behaviors and transfer from one domain to to the other. But I think that's the key. Um, so in order for the behavior to really stick mm-hmm. and to change the person. It's got to be able to transfer into many different domains of life. Um, so we always, uh, I always encourage people to practice their exercise, not only at work, but practice it at home. Practice it on the airplane when you're traveling, in your hotel room, in as many different environments as you can. Because you are helping your brain then to model that behavior and you're increasing the chances that it's going to become um, uh, your keystone habit. Yeah. And that's what really what you want. Because once you hit on a keystone habit, it can start a whole avalanche, uh, a cascade of changes where, yes, you're only working on one tiny five-minute micro-behavior, but two months later you realize that you've picked up all these other skills unconsciously because you weren't really practicing them. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, so you had talked about um, working on, on uh, managing your business, mm-hmm. uh, your your behaviors about delegation, less micromanagement. So yeah. let, I, I'm interested. And that was a while ago. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, no, for the record. <laughs> noted. Noted. I'll keep, okay, that, I'll keep that in the final yeah. cut. <laughs> keep that in the final cut. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, about your business because you're right. I mean, you do – you. You've developed a method for helping leadership development, but you're also running a company, right? You're also yes. responsible to board of directors and uh, employees. Yeah, and, yeah. So, <laughs> so I love to I love to get yeah. a little bit more understanding that. So, let's talk a little bit about business challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Your your company, Pinsight. I mean, you know, you're you're growing quickly, but obviously you've got some challenges somewhere along the way. Yeah. What are what are those? What are some? Yeah, they. Well, I. I, I it's, you can and probably any other business owner uh, listening to this can relate to. So, so they change and they change very quickly. So, you know, first you think, oh, marketing and sales is my problem. And then marketing and sales start picking up. Then you start <laughs> looking, you know, now we need to look at client success and retention, then operations, then you know. So, so I think that's the beauty of, of running a business that you, once you think that you've figured one piece, one piece out. Uh, and you change your focus to something else, um, then, you know, that one thing yeah. is yeah. starting to crumble. So I think that's the that's the biggest challenge is just keep looking around and having the 360 view of your business and, and being able to um, drop quickly, you know, once something is on the right track and then change focus. Um, so, so that you can react to the yeah. market conditions and customer demands. Well, so you and I had actually been talking about that, which is how optimizing something, yeah. right? So you might you might have a problem with marketing and sales. You think you fix that, you move on, and then you realize, oh, we can continue to improve on what that's. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 knowing, you know, I, and I don't want to use the the word pivot because I think it kind of became a cliche mm-hmm. now, but um, it's just these yeah tiny pivots very very quickly and sometimes multiple times a day. You know, when you have to. Um, especially if it's a small business, right? You've got to be very, very quick in right. how you react, right? Yeah. So I would say that that's the that's the biggest yeah. biggest challenge for me personally. Well, it's nice that you see opportunity in that too. Like you're interested in all the different problems of the areas of the business rather than just solving the one 
yeah. no problem. Yeah, but I think then you wake up ten years later with ADHD. You know, <laughs> you're like, medication. Not able, not able to to watch one episode of Netflix in one sitting, and you have to you know do 150 things in between. You can prescribe yourself your own medication. I don't think psychologists can. Mm. <laughs> At least no, it depends. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, so. What are what are like the three key metrics you couldn't run the business without? I mean, what are those really key points that you look at all the time? Yeah, I think this is um, you know this is going to be I think very similar to to any other big business. So so of course you are looking at top lines of sales, making sure that 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 keeps growing. Um, then you're monitoring cash, and then those two you know adjusting those two uh, as, as they are right influencing each other. Um, um, and then um, performance of of um, employees, I would say that's uh, you know and quantifying that, making sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so those would be probably the the big three. Yeah, and in our particular case, because it's a SaaS business, so renewals are are the key. So, so we are looking at you know constantly. Um, retention rates of customers and, and renewals. Um, so how, when you're when you're evaluating employee performance, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, there is a whole part of HR tech and a whole set of theories about evaluating performance. Right. Do you do an annual performance review? Do you stop doing those? How do you, so how do you, in your business, you know, understand employee performance and, and I guess, quote unquote, manage that? Yeah. So um, two things. The first one is, of course. Um, making sure that goals are being and, and the tasks are being and projects accomplished. So um, those would be the, the hard metrics. Um, and then in terms of the soft metrics, um, those are competencies, making sure that people are growing on the competencies where we are. Um, that's where we are um, using our leader habit app and, and our solution. Yeah, so you can use your own technology yes, right? exactly. to, to build your yeah. own team. Yeah, yeah. cool. And um, so we talk about HR tech a little bit. You know, artificial intelligence is a big is a big thing. Um, employee performance is a big topic. Assessment. We've touched on lots of hot topics in um, in in HR tech. What, what's the biggest change that you've seen? You know, in your career when you when you started. You know, you're out of school. You're actually working. What's the biggest change you've seen? Um, so it seems that the the there were there were two big trends very recently, and that sort of in my mind go hand in hand. So you mentioned performance management. So um, whole overall, how we think about performance management, um, and the running theme there is still and and was for a long time the movement from once and done type of activity mm-hmm. to a continuous process. Incidentally, that's the same theme that is happening in learning and uh, development now where organizations are moving from once and done. So go take this workshop, read this book, take this e-learning module um, to more of a continuous process um, of growth. Um, so that's very exciting because I think, um, and the research has been there, gosh, since the 60s yeah. on the lack of effectiveness, efficiency of um, your traditional learning and development program. So I'm very pleased that now it's actually becoming mainstream almost. Yeah, it seems to be a little more data driven today too, right? That's a 
I'm glad you feel that way, but I'd like to see some of the data on this, on performance or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would, I think it's really technology that's driving, um, that's enabling us to move into a continuous process. That when you think about, you know, why is it that we were doing performance management the way we are, where there was a once every six months or once a year, because it was paper-based, yeah. right? So it would have been completely inefficient to do this more often than once a year or twice a year. We had to do that because we were working from binders and <laughs> right. file cabinets, right? right? That, that was the only right? yeah. yeah. But now that we have technology, we can actually um, utilize the technology to turn these processes into a daily, continuous type of processes. Um, did you have a mentor? Do you have well, a mentor? Multiple, of yeah. course, yes, yes. So from, um, you know, more recently it's been uh, uh, more of a business mentor, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so um, the, the one I work with most, well, there's two. So one is um, an expert in sales, in B2B sales. Got it. Um, and then the other one is in corporate development. Okay. So, um, so of course, as a psychologist, there was a, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't get an MBA, so learning finance and accounting and the, right. just how this whole, you know, investing and this whole space works. Right. So, I'm relying on my mentors. Yeah. To and you actively seek those people out. How do you? You know, how does somebody become to be, you know, your mentor? Martin's yeah, mentor. That, yeah, that's a very good question. You know, it sort of happens organically. So you meet somebody at a dinner party and then you start talking and, um, you know, it's none of those. I think it's kind of like with dating. You don't just go up to somebody and say, hey, do you want to do a shoe date now? <laughs> you know, right, right. it sort of evolves where you build a relationship and then you um, ask, you know, you find their input valuable, they are getting something back, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a sense of satisfaction, you know, and paying it forward or whatever it is, yeah. right? And it sort of, you, you build that relationship. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to a, a few other people about mentors and, uh, you're, I think there's a, there's a trend or there are more people with, I have mentors in certain disciplines of the business, mm-hmm. right? You talk about a sales mentor and then, and then, uh, you know, corporate development, because not, you know, not everybody's good at everything, right? So yes, you know, yeah, exactly. A specialist almost. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's a, uh, that, that's something that no matter, you know, how seasoned of an executive you are, I, I found that in my work that that's a hallmark of, of a really good leader and executive is just knowing what am I good at and then what, where do I need help and not being shy or hesitant to ask for help there. And it changes, right? So depending on, as I talked about, you know, changes in the business and what the business needs, then I rely on different mentors. Yeah. Very recently we we're going through um, GDPR and actually it's a very good exercise. Uh, so of course uh, I don't have, I haven't written a line of code, nor have I seen a line of code to be honest and I'm running a software company. So um, there I had to rely on a different kind of mentor now who is an expert in this space. Yeah. So it changes based on the needs of the business yeah. and kind of where you are also in your development journey. So, uh, as, as we kind of wrap up and put a, put a cap on the conversation here, 
Um, what, what advice would you give somebody starting their career, whether that's a career in HR and technology or whether that's they want to start their own company or getting a job after, after college? What's a piece of advice you'd give to somebody? Ooh, that's a tough one because it's so broad. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, immediately when I, when I saw the question, and, and it asked, what advice would you get to somebody starting a career in HR? And then immediately I'm thinking, you know, you've got to know the business. Right. It's such a cliche. Again, one of those things that we've been talking about sure. for so long, you've got to, you know, talk the talk. Um, but I find that to be very true. Um, there was this article, Jesus must have been published in the 90s, that said why we hide, hate HR. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I remember, <laughs> I remember the article. Yeah, everybody's got that so, uh, a few years ago, I wrote an article that said why we still hate HR. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't changed that much. Yeah. I think HR is, it's, it hasn't really, yeah, it hasn't changed that much. You know, um, one of the trends I'm seeing more and more now in organizations is that um, the chief HR roles or chief learning roles are often coming not from HR, yeah. but from other right. disciplines. So I think that's telling in and of itself, too. So um, one ad- advice, if you're in HR, you're starting your career in a car- career in HR, um, really learn the business. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. That's great advice. Um, and that you can do that in a, in a number of different ways, right? We talked about mentors, right? There are people who know things that you don't. We talked about education. We, you know, there's, there's self-education through books like I think right. talked about so uh, I think that's really great advice. Yeah. Well great. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, thanks I really for having appreciate me. it. Yeah, this was fun. All thanks right. again. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Talent Playbook podcast with our guest Martin Lanick. If you want to learn more about Martin and the leader habit, you can first follow Martin on Twitter at Martin Lanick, M A R T I N L A N I K. That's how you spell that. And you can check out the website for the book at leaderhabit.com. Hopefully you will listen to other episodes of the Talent Playbook podcast, and you can hear those episodes at iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, YouTube, Libsyn, and at outmatch.com in the now streaming menu. I'd like to thank our producer and engineer, Charles Summers. And until next time, this is Jason Ferrara saying thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.